Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texans Players Show presented by Ruckers. I'm Mark Vandermeer with D.P. Sidhu, and we've got a good one for you tonight. A couple of reminders. Of course, the Texans play the Bills on Sunday, and you're going to hear that game right here at high noon, Western New York. First trip there for the Texans since 2015 when Terod Taylor got the start for Buffalo. And do you remember who started for the Texans in that game? Yeah, Brian Hoyer did not go well for the Texans that day, hoping for better things this time around. Haven't won in Buffalo since 2009. It was part of a 5-3 and three start for the Texans at the halfway point. I remember that game clearly. I also remember who the specialists are on this team. John Weeks, your lawn snapper. Kaimi Fairbairn, who practiced yesterday. That was good. It was a light practice, a walkthrough practice. And you've got a new putter this year in Cameron Johnston, who is our guest tonight and an interesting guy from Australia. I'm way too excited about that, by the way, Cameron. So let's get to it right now. By the way, is it Cam or Cameron? I want to get it straight. Hey, uh, both acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever you feel like. All right. He's putting me in that position. Now you, you know? have to decide yeah. if it's a Cam or Cameron. It's I do both. Sometimes if I say Cam and I try to see what, if I, I try to gauge a reaction, he's so chill. I'm yeah. fine with either. <laughs> what did they call you at Ohio State? Uh, a bit, a bit of both as well, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go with Cam. That might be easier for you. So. Well, I'll do both. I can experiment a little bit. It's not as bad as Tyrod and Tyrod, and he's okay with both, right? <laughs> and that makes it really difficult for us. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you here with the Texans. You're doing a great job so far. What's it been like since you got to Houston, your general reaction to being in town and being part of this organization? Absolutely loved it. Yeah, uh, me and my wife were so happy to move down here. Um, when there was the opportunity to sign and come down, yeah, I mean, we jumped at the chance. So, um, Loved every minute of it. Loved Houston, uh, the city and everything. It's been amazing. You've lived in some cold-weather cities yeah. throughout your time. So Ohio State, Philly. Now you moved to Texas. Uh, what's Texas like compared to Australia? Any similarities? Uh, a lot more similar, yeah. It seems no. like it w might be. Yeah, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't seen snow before moving over to America. So, um, yeah, I mean, finally getting in some warm weather again, it reminds me of home a lot more. Tell us where you're from in Australia and how often you get back. Uh, so uh, it's a city outside of Melbourne, um, mm -hmm. southeast, uh, called Geelong. So a little coastal town there. Before COVID, I'll try and get back every so once a year um, in the off-seasons. In college, sort of in May. So, um, But with COVID and that, with the rules, yeah, I, mean, I haven't been able to get back since, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a couple of years now, so. What is your family saying about what's going on back home? Because the restrictions are so intense there. Yeah, it's a lot more intense than over here. Um, I think they're just tired of it now. I yeah. think it's just, I think, yeah, I mean, they're all fully vaccinated. I think it's just want to be able to open up again and be able to travel around a little. So um, they've been locked down a long time. Are they able to watch your games? Are they able to get Texans games? I know there's so many different apps and devices now where you can watch games, but have they been able to watch you? Pump? Yeah, yeah, they've been able to. Um, the noon game, the, the noon game is pretty tough because that's uh, I think like 4 a.m., 3 a.m., <laughs> something like that. So. They're diehard Cam Johnson yeah, fans. Yeah, so it's, so it's an early wake up, but um, yeah, they always find a way to be able to watch it. So it's been good. All right, Cameron Johnson is with us, and I I want to ask you, Cam, about Australian rules football. All right, I've seen a little of it on television but i haven't stayed with it long enough how different is it from rugby um there's similarities between both i would say it's more similar to soccer and uh just because of the way the ball movement is mm -hmm. um it's a lot more, lot more free-flowing um type of thing the way you pass the ball is predominantly by punting it so at first it's it's pretty hard to explain and like if you haven't watched it before it's there's a whole lot of rules and right. I think the rules change pretty regularly as well so um, 
Oh, they adjust the rules. Yeah, they adjust the rules as the year, as yeah, I mean, season to season for what they want the game style to mm-hmm. kind of look like. But um, I stay up with it. I watch it. Yeah, I mean, I, there's an app, I have an app, so I'm able to stay up with it and watch it all. So, um, but yeah, for first people watching, it's yeah, it's very tough to understand. Do you miss playing it? Nah, no, not too much. I think in college I did a little, mm-hmm. um, just because similar to soccer, rugby, those like basketball, you're constantly in the play, you're moving around, right? Um, you can always be a part of it. We're punting. You know, I mean, you only come on in certain situations. Um, but no, I don't really. I don't anymore. No. You were actually selected um, by Melbourne in the t- 2011 AFL rookie draft. So you played. You what was that process like going through the draft process for us? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun. So the draft thing's a little different. So you do it at 18. There's no like college system type thing. So um, drafted out of high school. Uh, just it just didn't work out in the end. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I decided to do punting. And give that a try. So, um, but no, it was a great experience. You know, I mean, to be in a professional environment. You know, I mean, at a young age as well to learn. It's definitely helped long term. So, is it kind of like baseball is here? You get drafted out of high school and you elect. Well, I'm going to play Australian rules football. Do you call it Australian rules football there? What uh, do you call it? Just football. Yeah. Just football. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Football over there. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I figured. But what, what's soccer over there? Soccer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just no. oh well, I wanted to know because in Europe and England yeah. it would be football. Yeah. So there we go. I'm getting confused, and I think the listeners are too. But so 18, you get drafted, so you have to make that decision: Do I go to college or do I play football? Right? There's no real. There's no college system. Like you can go to college, but there's no. There's no. Well, yeah. So sports. if you're if you're wanting to do, yeah, you know, if you want to go the professional Australian mm-hmm. football route, you have to go straight out of high school. Um, type of thing, so that's when you get drafted. Yeah, can you have? Can you study though at the university and play Pl- professionally, uh, or is it just too much? It's too much. People try and do part time, mm-hmm. so you mean you, you're getting something done on the side. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's yeah. The, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The American version models a whole lot better. So you get your degree and then you go into professional, and if you don't make it, you've got a degree to fall back upon. So. So you think the American model's better than that because at least you're you're playing at a high level yeah. and you're getting a degree at the same time. Yeah, because it's the yeah. I mean, it's the guys say the average career length's three years. You mm-hmm. come out at 21, 22, but you haven't started any degree. You've got no nothing to really fall back upon. You you behind the eight ball a fair right. way there. So. So how much did you follow American college football when you were going through the? Because obviously you yeah. you ended up going to Ohio State, but how much do as an Australian football player do you follow college football and what's happening in the U.S. Before deciding to do punting, none. Never? Yeah, I didn't know a whole lot about it. I had a buddy that had went over and had done it in uh, America. So once the Australian football was kind of done type of thing, I was like, yeah, I mean, I might give this punting thing a go. So, uh, But no, I, I didn't know. Like, honestly, I didn't know anything about Ohio State. I didn't. I think really? When we got off, yeah, I knew nothing about it, so I jumped online. And you didn't know anything about Urban Meyer, Ohio State, like what a big deal it yeah, was? Yeah, no, not at all. No, the, uh, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, so funny. The uh, My coach back there, Nathan Chapman, he was like, hey, we've got you a school all sorted. Uh, you're going to fly on an official visit next week. And uh, he said Ohio State. I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, are they any good? So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got online. Yeah, got a little, on, they're all right. Yeah, got online, found out, and then uh, – yeah, you know, just went from there. Did, were there any other schools that were interested, or was it just Ohio State? Um, the way he runs it there, you try and he tries to p- get the schools sort of for each player, not accumulating offers, just because there's a lot of guys going through. Um, I had that between Alabama and Ohio State with them two at the end, yeah. And you have to qualify academically too, yep. of course. Yeah, so I did. A, I started a year. I did a year of school there, mm-hmm. um, just so I could be a college transfer. Um, right. So that was able to transfer nicely. 
All right, so in Australia, you're saying that there is a little bit of a pipeline here. You can get plugged in and try out. So you try out there, and what are they looking at? I mean, you have actual American footballs, and they want to see you punt a little bit so they know you can actually handle it. Yeah, the program's taken off. Um, so Nathan Chapman, it's called Pro Kick Australia. He's, mm-hmm. They're getting like 20, 30 guys a year to college now on full rides. Okay. Um, he started it. He, he did Australian football – this is years ago, wanted mm-hmm. to come over. He got some workouts with Green Bay, signed on their roster, but um, just didn't fully work out. So he went back to Australia and was like, hey, there's a there's a chance, there's a business here type of thing. He wanted to be able to help players out, so he created a pipeline type of way. So you would go see him, get an evaluation. You know, I mean, he would see what you like, leg strength, stuff like that, and see if he could work with you. And then eight to ten 12 months later, um, he'll get you a scholarship offer and off you go. So, You know, a few years ago back at the NFL Combine, uh, I talked to Michael Dixon, yep. who went to Texas and yep. was, was Australian as well. And now he's a, I, I want to say, punter for Seattle, yep. for the Seattle Seahawks. So did you know him? Did you talk to other guys that have been through the process? It seems like Australian football, there's, there's this market for guys that were doing Australian football and then translate really well into punters for the NFL. Yeah, no, I knew Michael quite well. You uh, did. We went through, I think I was a couple of months before him in the program type of thing. So, um, yeah, we overlapped for a few months there. Um, he's incredible. He's a great punter as well. But, yeah, the way the sport is, the strength football is predominantly punting, the way you pass the ball. So the transition, there, there is a hurdles you've got to jump over, but the transitions are a lot, whole lot uh, easier. So, Cameron Johnston joining us on Texans Radio, Texans Player Show, presented by Fuddruckers. Okay, so you go to Ohio State. And is it a culture shock, or is it a really comfortable situation for you going to Columbus? How was that? Uh, I loved it. You know, I, I couldn't wait to get over. I think because you do the program with Chappie for eight, I think I did maybe ten months. So, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you're dialed in, ready to get over there, get moving with it all. So. Right. Um, seeing snow for the first time, I think that mm. was the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen any of that before, and that happened in a, a game versus Indiana, so that was quite interesting. But, yeah, it was just one of those ones. I was ready to get over here, and I was, was really excited. What about watching the rest of the sport? I mean, you're only called upon when you're called yeah. upon, and then, hey, look at that. A lot is going on on that field that I'm not a part of, which is fine, but that must have been strange to watch the rest of the game being played, especially at that level in the horseshoe with all the fans and everything. Yeah, like, so the first game I played in was the first ever game I'd seen live. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so you can't, like, yeah, you just got thrown into it, um, mm-hmm. and you just learn. You learnt as much as you could in Australia, and then you just learn on the fly as the game goes. So, were you nervous? Were you excited? What were the emotions seeing a full building and punting for the first time? Oh, just super excited! Super excited. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you see it on TV. You see, yeah, you know I mean, so you see a hundred thousand in there. I was just excited to get out there and finally be able to play and see how it all is. I was going to ask how. What does the crowd? What does the crowd compare to at Ohio State? Ohio State's one of the biggest yeah. undergraduate. I think, and uh, bigger than Texas A&M, the number of student students they have in the student body. So to be at a game there, how does that compare to playing in a game in Australia? Oh, the crowds are wild over here. Yeah. It's, I mean, is it? Mu- I would imagine it's, it's much, the, much bigger. The Australian or? football have big or, crowds, you know, I mean, you can get for the big games, but the crowd and the atmosphere over here is just something different. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the fans are wild. They get into it. So, um, which, uh, yeah, a lot of Australian people love to get over and watch, you know, go to live American sports just because of the way the atmospheres are over here. If you could play any position other than punter, what would it be? And maybe not in the NFL, but if you had grown <laughs> up here, what do you think you would have been 
Will be oh, I would have loved to be like running back or receiver, something like that. Would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. carry, carry the ball a little. Yeah, I mean, that always looks exciting. So, um, but yeah, I, my skill set suits a lot more to punting. So, are you lobbying Coach Ross and saying, "Hey, look, I can, I can carry the ball. Let's go. Let's uh, take no, one." Whatever, whatever he says. Yeah, whatever he goes at the end of the day. So, yeah, I mean, you got to do what he says. All right, so you're at Ohio State, and then what happens? How do you make it to the Philadelphia Eagles and start punting there in the NFL? Um, so went to the combine, did all that. Um, went undrafted to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um. My first year out, we did predominantly roll out punt in college, which is like the rugby punt. They call yeah, it. yeah, doesn't transition as great to um, NFL. So I had a lot of learning to do. So, how did you do that? Did you work with a coach or? Yeah, just uh, yeah, work with my coach back home, and then um, a coach over here as well, and just figured a way through it. Um, it was a good learning experience the first year out. I didn't mm-hmm. make it on the. Uh, the Eagles, um, but I was able to learn behind Donnie Jones. He'd played for a yep. long time. I think he'd been here for a little bit. Yep. So um, learned from him, um, went away, sort of knew from the coach what I needed to fix up, what I, what I was doing well with, spent that uh, next year working on all them and then came back the following year and uh, took the job there at the Eagles. So Interesting. All right, so the combine. You're there with all the other punters. I've actually watched a punting workout tryout at the combine well tryout that's what it is it's one gigantic tryout i found it interesting it made me realize how difficult it is because at the combine i didn't see too many guys who could really i mean you know every once in a while they could like really get one to fly but the consistency involved in being able to punt on a regular basis in the nfl i think is an underrated thing Am I seeing it the right way? Yeah. No, the crazy thing is the combine is just everything's being evaluated, like from your first warm-up ball. You know mm-hmm. I mean, they're evaluating the, those warm-up punts the exact same as the punts mm. that are in the, you know I mean, the live period mm-hmm. type, yeah. say. So um, it was just making sure that you're, you're on at every moment, really. Uh, right. I mean, that setting, like, you know I mean, if you're going to take the warm-up punch, you better make sure you're hitting them well. So, And also, it's the same thing. I think the combine is you're just trying to show the power as well that, hey, I have the leg to compete in the NFL, there may be consistency things you need to fix up, but you have the raw talent traits to yeah. to make it. So They want that. It's like having speed as a receiver. Yeah, GD there's and... certain things I think that GMs, coaches, they, they need to see, they want to see in that mm-hmm. environment, um, and can they work with that type of thing. That's something that special teams coordinator Frank Ross had said, that he liked your leg strength, that you had a really powerful leg. You do a lot of stuff in the weight room. To sort of work on that, I mean, how do you build up leg strength? Do you have to build up one leg yeah. more than the other? I mean, is that a dumb question, or do you? I think, t- yeah, I think there is something to it that you just you're born with it to a certain extent. Sure. You know what I mean, like a guy who runs a, yeah, you know, I can train as much as I want to run a four three, but yeah, you know, I ain't ever going to be running a four three. Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, yeah, you got to make sure you're in the weight room, you're doing the correct things in the off seasons um, to make sure that when you're, once it comes camp, once it comes preseason regular season you're in the best possible shape yeah to get to get after it do you do things to protect your leg in the off season uh take time off yeah you, you want to take some time off uh um, like not a lot of outdoorsy no no wild yeah i think it's more just adventurous taking, i think it's more just taking time off your legs just giving them a rest those first month or two um and then just building a solid foundation early on you know i mean just following a process each off season the whole way into this season so all right so you get to philadelphia and this is a huge city. I mean, it's one of the biggest cities in the country, and it's also Philadelphia. So it's unique. What was that experience like being around those fans in that, just living there in that yeah. metropolitan area with everything going on? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's good. It's a good environment. Um, the fans are definitely passionate, mm-hmm. and um, they get after it. So um, I think I got a little easier because I came in following the Super Bowl year. Okay. So mm-hmm. the fans were, you know, I mean, very happy with the way mm-hmm. the team was going. So, um, but the city, yeah, the city's great. I loved it. We loved every moment of it living there. Um, but yeah, I think we were just we we're very happy to be able to move down to Houston. Where did you live when you were in Philly? What part of town? In the uh, no, in the city itself, in like other oh, wow. uh, historical districts. So, uh, um, no, it was nice. It was nice to live in a big city. Yeah, you know, I mean, knock that off the you know, in a list, a bucket list type of thing. Live in a big city. That's yeah. up for a few years. So, like Rocky, maybe not in the exact area where Rocky. <laughs> sort of. That's a really nice area. I think that's v- that's where we stayed when we played the, the Eagles a few years yeah. back. Yeah. In that historic 2018. District. You've seen Rocky, though, right? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay, good. No, I just wanted to check. You know, sometimes yeah. it's an older movie. All True. right, these yeah, are no, young no, guys. I, I agree. It's a, and, yeah. you know, you live in Philadelphia. I think it's uh, it's a law. It's there. mandatory. It's a city law yeah. that you have to see Rocky and go to the Independence <laughs> yeah, Steps get, or get whatever, the, the Art Museum or yeah. whatever it is to see the Rocky statue. All right, so now you're here. And tell us about John Weeks because John is such an interesting character here. He's the longest tenured Texan, came here in 2010. He's played in more games than anybody else. And, he does what he does very well, and it's an underrated kind of thing, isn't it? He's incredible. Yeah, he's worth it. just what he does, his routine every single day. He's, he's incredible what he does. Um, being able to get down there and work with him, mm-hmm. um, just someone who's seen every situation, knows everything, what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's – I don't – I think he's be the first one in the building every day. Mm-hmm. Maybe Justin Britt, the, he's new and he's beaten mm-hmm. him in here, but <laughs> John, I think he's done he, – he, there's a reason why he's played so many years for the same team as well. It's incredible what he's done and the routine he has. So. Yeah, and do you like the snap at a certain spot, or do you like it off to the side, in the middle, or like is there like a, just you put it right here in this yeah, in my catcher's just, mitt? Where do you like it? Uh, you just say, like, say, snap it to your right hip around there, and he's yeah, he's he's amazing at it. I think I remember wow. the first day working with him. I was just like, yeah, snap it back. At, you know, I mean, anywhere. He's like, no, no, I need to know exactly where you want it because I'll make sure I get it there. So, um yeah, he's small little details. It's it's amazing what he's done. It's it's interesting to me the operation as we call it with long snapper and holder and kicker and then just long snapper and punter and just that whole thing. The three of you guys hang out so much, right? Yeah. You spend so much time together and then, you know, Fairbairn has to go on IR and then you have Joey coming in. Uh it's it's a different deal for you guys in practice, right? You're off at that other yeah. field. What are some of the conversations going on? What is that like, just being part of that trio, that power trio that's part of the team, yet you're also separate from the team? Yeah, you're just working on just making sure that when you're getting called upon, you're going to do your job and Mm -hmm. you're ready to do it. So um, it's just getting as many reps in as possible. Um, Yeah, you're tucked away on the other field, on field three, but um, you're just making sure that when your number's called, you're ready to go, you've practiced it, you've repped it. yeah, I mean, because the team works a long way to get the ball down there into, say, field goal range. You want to make sure you go out there and you convert it, you know I mean, for the team. So, what What is it the difference for you when it was Kaimi versus Joey coming in, you know, as a holder? Does it change much what you do, or do you sort of have to adjust things when, when it's a different kicker? Um, you just adjust for the kicker. You know I mean, whatever they need to be successful, you make sure you get the job done for them. Um, I worked a lot with Kaimi throughout the offseason, so Joey had come in. It was just... Yeah, I mean, you got to move a little faster to make sure with the game in the following week, uh, move a little quicker with it all to get it done. But, um, yeah, whatever the kicker needs, you just make sure it gets work done. It was almost like a crash course because he showed up. I mean, he was on the practice squad and then 
he was kicking the next game. So did you guys have to put in a lot of extra time in that week and the weeks that followed? Yeah, you're just, just making sure you get as many reps as possible to make him feel comfortable. Um, that's the main thing. So he can go out there. He's not worrying about snap hold, anything of that. He's just worrying about kicking, making the field goal. Um, yeah, that's the main thing, just to make sure he's comfortable with it all. Is holding sort of an underrated thing as well? Because uh, quarterbacks used to do it, right? It used yeah. to be the backup quarterback does it. I don't know if anybody in the league has that right now. I think it's usually the punter yeah. who has to do the holding. But that's got to be pretty tough to get that ball down. That's a lot of pressure. That might be more pressure than punting itself. It has to be perfect. Yeah, you just want to make – I think the big thing is just you making sure you're doing the right thing by the kicker. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you put the lean the wrong way, laces, mess it up, I think – yeah, you know, I mean, the chances of making it goes way down. So, um, But then at the same time, the amount of time we spend with each other throughout the week, it just makes sense for the punter to hold because, mm. yeah, I mean, if we've got two hours of practice, we can get as many reps as possible. So, All right, so whether you go for the corner or just go straight up trying to hang it inside the 10 or the 15, whatever you're trying to do, is that a Frank Ross decision? Is that a you decision? I mean, how? I, I, it's obvious when you want to pin them deep. Yeah. But whether you go for the corner or not, how do you make that call? That's just something we worked on all week. Um, mm -hmm. what we're going into the game with. So, um, yeah, it would be speaking to Coach Ross all week, seeing what he wants to do, and then uh, mm -hmm. go execute that in the game for him. Because so. it depends on the returner and such. Yeah. Yeah. No, you mean, and then. Every returner in this league is incredible, so you just want to make sure that um, you, know, I mean, you give your gunner the best chance to go force a fair catch, tackle him, and limit the return yards. Are you, You're rooting for the guys to make the play downfield, but are you kind of rooting for yourself to go make a tackle and like get in no. there? And, no, no. no. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> no, force a fair catch. Yeah, I mean, if you can yeah, the, let, let the guys run on the outside. Mm -hmm. TT, um, Chris Moore last game, Traymon, hopefully mm -hmm. AJ soon. Right. The, yeah, I mean, Incredible guys. You know, I mean, I think last game Chris Moore got 21.5 or something mile an hour. He's absolutely flying. So, yeah. um, give them a chance to go show what they're what they're great at and uh, force fair catch, catch tackle, something like that. Pin, uh, pinning a punt inside the 20. I mean, that seems like one of the big measurements of punters and their success. How do you work on something like that? You seem to have done really well with it this year especially with a new team. But what goes into pinning a punt inside the 20 uh, for you? Just getting the reps throughout the week and then working with the gunner is the main thing. Um, you know, I mean, TT and those guys fly down the field. You want to make sure you put the ball in an area where they can either get behind it, stop it, or, you know, I mean, he's going to throw up a fair catch sign. So um, just getting comfortable with that group. Um, and they're incredible at what they do. Yeah. The fact that they're so fast, does that yeah. make it a little bit harder? Like the whole thing, you don't want to outkick your coverage. You oh, know, the, but, or no. does it make it easier that they're the, so fast? The, 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 how fast it makes it easier because they're just they're moving. They get off the off the block and they're just absolutely flying downfield. And, you know, I mean, it cr not creates a margin of error for yourself as a punter because you're like, all right, I've got these guys on the outside who are absolutely moving. Um yeah, I mean, they make it a whole lot better back there. I like the ones where you just land it and reverse spin it, and it just hangs <laughs> in the yeah. air, right? Yeah. So uh, you work on that, obviously. Like in the offseason, if you go with a bag of footballs to a field by yourself, what are you working on? Uh, that or the long punts or both. what? Yeah, both. At first, you're working on the long punts. You're just getting back into the routine of it all, mm -hmm. getting good habits. And then the closer you get into the uh, training camp preseason, you're working on that to yeah, I mean, get the ball to check back, make sure you, you range, I mean, you're hitting the ball where it needs to be. Uh, do you play golf? No, no, unfortunately not. You, you have to play golf. I mean, this is yeah. it's golf with your foot, basically. Yeah, I, sw I swear every kicker, I've, they're, they're, all, they're all golfers. Mm. Exactly. I know, like Jake, uh, 
Jake Elliott in Philly, he was a yeah, I mean a tremendous golfer, and I've heard uh, Kaimi is as well. So. Of course he is, yeah. and he's from Hawaii. He's got t- he's got two things going for him: oh, Hawaii <laughs> and place kicker. Great golfer. That's it. I know it's a lot. It's a great life, and this him. is a great city for golfing. So, so yeah. well, Hawaii is amazing too. So he's grown up with a lot of beautiful golf courses over there as well. Yeah, we have your summer plans all set. You're going all to right, Hawaii. Cameron Johnston is with us on the Texans Player Show, presented by Fuddruckers, and we'll get to know a little bit more about him. Some stuff he's been working on with his wife, and also Australian sports heroes. I want to know. It's Texans Radio. It's the Texans Players Show presented by Fuddruckers. Mark Vandermeer and DP City with you. Cameron Johnston is our guest, Texans punter. Okay, give me two or three of the biggest sports heroes in Australia. And is it different in the nation as opposed to what we see from the outside? Like Greg Norman, great. But how yeah. big is he there? Oh, he's massive over there. I think yeah. um, the sports heroes in Australia would be more sports I don't think you'd be as familiar with. Okay. Uh, That's cr- what I want to yeah, know. Yeah, cricket, Australian football, stuff like that. Uh, What's the biggest sport in the country? Australian football would be biggest. Cricket, rugby would be probably mm. second behind it. So soccer's uh, not that big, relatively. I would say it's pretty similar to what it is in America with the MLS. Um, it's, it's got a following, but it's not the mainstream type thing. Okay, so you're too young. Can I can I just go down this road sure, here for go, a minute? Go for All right, it. You're for too it. young to remember when Australia won the America's Cup. This was 1983, I want to say, in Newport, Rhode Island, and beat Dennis Connor. right? It was uh, John Bertram with the Aussies, and it was the biggest winning streak in sports history that the Americans had won this cup, and the Australians won it. You don't even know about this. So I was going to ask you, how big a sport is sailboat racing in Australia? <laughs> I was I was thinking, what sport is Mark referring yeah. to? Okay, go um, ahead. Yeah, I've heard of that. I, sailboat, I don't think it's too big. Done. Yeah, I am it. out. Okay, I'm out for the rest of the show. Look, this is so esoteric, and I just wanted to see if He loves something. Did you ever consider sailboat racing mm. or any other sport like it's rugby big in or Australia, soccer? Trust me. How did you pick Ameri- Australian football over any other sport? It seems like you're pretty athletic most popular sport american football, football. football? in australia what other sports did you play Austra- How did you play? uh so australian football would be in the winter and then mm. summer's cricket so um oh, you, you play just cricket. yeah you just overlap uh with them yeah i mean year after year after i year. can't follow it i don't know cricket don't is so it. i went to india and that's it's yeah, the national ma- sport massive, it's yeah. massive and it they would have they would have these matches that went on for days. Yeah, five days. Yeah. And I would we'd be traveling. We're like, oh, it's still the same. It's still going on. And then at the end, I did. We didn't know who won. And they have all these different oh, terms. Can, yeah, you can finish five days and it'd be a, t- a draw. A tie, it was like so. I still don't know who won. Five days. Five days. Yeah. We were traveling. And we're like, oh, it's the same game every airport. Oh, it's the same match. Yeah. And at the end, we're like, I, I still don't know. It's incredible. That's amazing. I love it though. <laughs> five days. It's really. Long. So yeah, it'll be. Those test, that, test matches? Go, yeah, I should test feel match, like I yeah. should know this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, two innings each. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they'll both get two innings, and then at the end of it all, it could be a compl- tie. I mean, a washout. The rain comes, and you know, you wash out two days. All of a sudden, teams will play to, for a draw. So We can't do overtime? We can't have something else like that? No way? Okay. All right, so Australian musical artists. Give me two or three of the big ones that you like. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I know well, one. Yeah, I, I know one. Like Keith Urban, I'm pretty. Yeah, oh, he's Australian. yeah. He's um, other than that, I'm not. I'm not great with my music. Okay, that's, that's my bad. I know Kylie Minogue. Yeah, was, from the '80s. Oh 90s. yeah, yeah, and uh, Midnight Oil, right? <laughs> We're going back a fair way. That's a little. That's before both of our times. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Australian actors: Nicole Kidman, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yep. Okay. 
I mean, anybody else? Anybody, I mean, of course, they have many, many, many others. But I think the culture. Chris Hemsworth. Wait, what is Kate, he? Kate Blanchett, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Kate Blanchett's Australian? Are you Hem- sure? The Hemsworths. Are you well, I just, sure? Google says they are. Um, Rebel Wilson. Really? Rebel Wilson's Australian. See, we're learning something new yeah. every day. Or, or we could be terribly wrong because I've done a very hasty Google search. But when you're in Australia, what do you get yeah. American shows? Yeah, everything. Like there is Australian shows, but it's predominantly in the American shows you get over there. So those are the popular ones over yeah. there. So what's yeah. like a popular show growing up that you watched over there? I love Survivor. I've got back into that again. All right. So tell us about what you've been working on. With by the way, where'd you meet your wife? In Columbus. Yeah, in college. Okay. So yeah. you married an American. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Hard that, to find Australians at Ohio State. I yeah, I know. Yeah, there wasn't too many. Or, <laughs> right. or in Philly. You never know. Maybe they were in a club together or something. I yeah, don't know how this be. all worked out. The okay. Australian Buckeyes. Tell us about know. the animals. Yeah, so um, she's uh, massive with uh, shelter dogs, rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, pretty much all animals in general. So when we're in Philadelphia, we partnered with the PSPCA there. And we started punts, uh, punts for PSPCA. So every inside twenty, we'd pay the adoption fees for mm-hmm. sponsor a dog with the sponsor the fees for a dog there, and then help them find a home. Um, so we we're able to get twenty six. We didn't do the preseason; we just did regular season, and we were able to get twenty six dogs, and they all found homes. And then this year, we've partnered with Houston SPCA, and I think we're at fifteen right now. So uh, later today, I think yeah, later today we're going to go. See that I think we got three dogs from last week, so we're gonna go see that those three dogs play with them. Um, just take some videos, stuff like that, for the social media. So the work that they do is incredible. The mm-hmm. shelters. So yeah, it was just a way to help promote what they do, and at the same time um, help these dogs find homes. So. And you've got some rescue pets of your own that are your pets, which are really really cute dogs. Yes. Yeah. We um we got two. We got Buddy and Bella. Um. So Bella was from PSPCA. She'd come from a. Uh, a rough background. It was she was a breeding dog for six years and then got sick and they just abandoned her. So um, Richard Litcher, he's a guy in Philadelphia. He paid for all her emergency surgeries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she she was a mess. She came to us. A golden retriever came in severely depressed and 115 pounds just wouldn't move. And then uh, Buddy, he's a pit bull mix. He was uh, just dumped on the streets. So. Um, yeah, well, we adopted him as well. So, so a, a depressed golden retriever. I don't think yeah, I've ever, yeah. ever well, seen that. Well, that. when we saw the photos, we, we saw these photos online and I couldn't believe it. So I yeah messaged my wife, Tia, and I was like, hey, if she pulls through, we'll take her. And um, yeah, it was touch and go there for a bit. And then a few weeks later, we were able to get her just before Christmas. So it was good. Do you plan on adopting more pets? Because I think when you're passionate about a yeah. cause like this, how I have friends like this. How do you... How do you draw Limit. the line and say, <laughs> yes, I was at, yeah. what's the max number of pets? So we lived in an apartment in Philadelphia, so it was always oh my like, gosh. all right, we have two. <laughs> That's a if lot. we get a backyard, we can get more. So now that we've moved down here, my wife's pushing to get a, you know, I mean, another couple. So a couple, if, another if, couple. Yeah, wow. if, I think if Tia, if she got her way. You know, Wait, so be, what's the number What's the wow. number at right now then? The total inventory right now is at? Three? You have three? Two, well, she technically has four. <laughs> Tia's got two in Columbus with her parents there, and she has two okay. here. So we're, oh, we're at okay. two at the moment, and then, yeah, I think the way she's going, we'll probably get another one soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my god. I could, I could see you guys oh, yeah. getting more. Two, yeah. does, two, two is like an ordinary yeah, number. Especially for, the, yeah, especially yeah, those two get along so well. So, Where are you at in terms of how many times a day you should walk your dog? This is a personal question for me because my dog, you know, I have a yard. 
Yeah. And I open the door. I'm like, go out and use, this, use go the ahead. yard. Okay, that is your bathroom area. All right, but the dog's like, no, I'm gonna hold out for the walk. And I'm th- no, no, use I disagree. The yard. I what? disagree. You gotta walk your dog twice a day mm-hmm. because it's a mental stimulation they don't get from just. It's it's not just for the their physical needs. Like I no. take my dog on a walk. He smells things. He chases the things. S- it makes him so happy. The sniffing's the main one. Is them getting out and sniffing. It and exhausts smelling. them. Yeah, that's the mental stimulation that they need. It's yeah. I mean, for a lot of dogs, it's not the. Yeah, I mean, the actual physical activity itself, it's the getting out and you know, into the environment. I've picked up on this. Thank I, you, Cam. Yeah. Thank, because, you. Thank you for no, supporting me. On my, and Cam, me and my husband have this uh, Cam discussion. Johnston joining us, punter for your Houston Texans. We're talking animals today. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true, though, because I've noticed that about the, the walk, and I thought, it, this is not a walk. It's a smell. It's a big smell fest. We're not even walking. She's stopping every two feet yes. to smell something. That is why you take them for a well, walk. You should let your dog smell. That makes them so happy. It mentally stimulates your dog, and then you come home and your dog is. I tried to run with the dog, but the dog stops to smell everything. It's not a good run. (laughs) She's like, I'm trying to smell stuff, but he just won't let me. Well, that was with uh, Bella when we first got her. She (laughs) had no idea how to walk on a leash, anything like that, and now Mm -hmm. she's stopping smelling everything. She's she's obsessed. She loves it. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So there you have it. Now, who inspired you to do this? Was it your wife or was it you? And how did this kind of get going? Yeah, my wife Tia. Yeah, she's extremely passionate about it. Um, so we wanted to find a way to be able to help shelters more like get their, you know, I mean, their message out there. And I think mm-hmm. it was a good way is that, you know, I mean, all right, every inside 20 pun is a dog. Um, people can go in, can see the dog, take it home with them for free, really. So, um, yeah, it's, we love doing it. And then just going out there to the shelters and seeing them, um, Houston SBCA does an amazing job. Um, if anyone ever wants to go out to their campus, just go out there, see it. They've got horses they've got yeah i mean everything wildlife through cats dogs everything it's a it's a massive facility cats too so we're not we're not discluding the cats no no they're out there as well so um yeah anyone who ever wants to go out there feel free to so did you have pets in australia yeah got a, yeah we had a dog back there yeah was that that must have been hard to leave pets yeah but he he loved the yeah, he, he he was settled there he was a lot like, I'm not moving. yeah <laughs> Well, another segment coming your way on the Texans Player Show presented by Fuddruckers, Cameron Johnston. He played for Urban Meyer, and he played against him in the NFL. Let's talk about that, among other things, next on Texans Radio. All right, a few things on the way out here on the Fuddruckers, Texans Player Show, or simply the Texans Player Show presented by Fuddruckers. Cameron Johnston, putter, is our guest, Urban Meyer. We just saw him here a few weeks ago, opening day. Uh, what was it like to be around him? I mean, you're the punter on the team, but you're around him. You're hearing all the speeches. You're there. You're you're in the mix, and this is a championship team. Yeah, he taught me a lot. Um, he he ran pretty much ran the special teams there at Ohio State. Um, okay. So I learned a lot about him just situationally. You know, I mean, stuff in the game that you need to learn. Um, and then just he's won just the culture environment, being a pro, stuff like that that he taught throughout college um, has definitely been beneficial uh, for a pro career as well. Did you have a chance to chat with them? I know th- there's a lot going on yeah, there's before, a- the, before the week one game, but did you have a chance to talk nah. to him or see him? No, nah, there's a lot. I saw a lot of people who had been a part of Ohio State that he's taken with them to Jacksonville, but um, sure. yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. I just, yeah, focus on me type of thing. He focuses on him, yeah. Well, you'll well, have another chance, maybe. 
later on. One thing I noticed in training camp, when you guys are practicing punt returns often, you'll use the jugs machine, and you'll just sit there with a ball and, like, phantom <laughs> fake kick it. <laughs> yeah. Is that so you just don't blow out your leg because they need so many punts or they need perfect, we need five in a row right here, we don't want you to do five in a row because yeah, I we think might wear you out, or what is that? I think it's just, yeah, you don't want to, you want to uh, kind of like a pitcher with the pitch count type of thing, you want to make sure you're getting your work done. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you know, I mean, if you're practicing rushes and stuff like that, guys get through. You know, I mean, you want to s- not get, you know, I mean, swing, punt a ball. Right. Someone runs into you or you hit the ball into there. Yeah, you know I mean, type of thing. So, yeah. What's the difference here? When you're pinned back, you're in the back of your end zone. Yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen very often at all but, or at all. But when you're in the back of the end zone, you got to get the punt off quickly. You have to practice that sort of thing. Oh, right? 100%. Yeah. Once that ball's inside of the four, five yard line. Um, Everything shortens down, mm-hmm. so you know, I mean, a block spot type of thing for them. The rushes, it's a whole lot closer for them to get to. So you've just got to practice. You got to get that ball out, but at the same time, you've got to get it. You know, make sure that you're putting it far enough down the field. So yeah, I mean, you don't want to hit the ball short. They're already in field goal range type of thing. So um, help help the defense out as much as possible. All right. So when Kaimi got hurt before the Tampa Bay game, there's Justin Reed kicking off. So I'm wondering why aren't you kicking off? But I know he's always wanted to do it. So was he that would, part of the conversation? Oh, I, I think I saw his first kickoff. I'm like, he's in, yeah, he's great at the ball. Just, <laughs> wow, he's really good. Yeah, I think he put one, like, I think his first warm-up kick, he just puts it eight deep in the end zone. I was like, yeah, no, he's, he knows exactly what he's doing here. But if something happens to the kicker during a game, you're the place kicker, right, during a regular season game? Maybe not for a kickoff because he proved yeah. he could do that, I guess. I, I don't know now with the knee. Who knows? But, but then somebody has to hold. Right. So yeah, I'm not. I think it's just it'll be Frank's call on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, who? Yeah, I mean, the personnel we have, who's up, who's down, type of thing. So because I was wondering that night, I was like, well, can't can't Cameron Johnston place kick for us, try a field goal, but there's nobody to hold. Right, <laughs> and which is important. You could do both. You could drop thought, kick. <laughs> I, I thought it was. I thought it was just more that Justin had been talking about it. He's we he's, before we knew that Kaimi was hurt. Yeah. we thought it was just. Oh, we're, it's preseason. They're letting Justin have his day. He's very good at but it. But he is yeah. really good. He's what, really good. What about for you? Is there a sweet spot for punting where there's a certain yard, yard like area of the field that you're like, this is the perfect spot for me to punt. This is where I, this is where yeah, I probably I, do best. I just think, it, yeah, I mean, anywhere on the field, really. It's all situational. But if you had so. to pick. Uh, you want to let one fly, or do you want to try to play? Yeah, yeah. If you're like, yeah, if you're like, this ball. is the golf thing again. Yeah. By the way, Cam, this is it. <laughs> this do you want to hit the driver, the big stick, or do you want to get the sand wedge out? Because I actually say that during yeah. the broadcast. He's getting out a sixty-degree sand wedge. You don't even play golf, so I'm not going to put that in. <laughs> but which is it? Yeah, if you're the no, and the ball's thirty to forty, you can get you can get after the ball, but you can also get it. Yeah, I mean, pin them back inside mm-hmm. twenty as well. So that's Both. always a mm. that's always a good area. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all situational. It's all just that all changes depending on rush. Yeah, you know, I mean, who we have out there, stuff like that. So you're playing Buffalo, which it's early in the season, so it won't be cold or as cold as it could be. Well, how do you feel about these outdoor games? I mean, obviously you you've kicked in the cold yeah. weather stadiums. Does it affect you anymore? Do you still prefer being indoors? Oh, yeah, ideally, you always want. I think every single specialist in the NFL is going to say they want to be indoors. indoors. Um, but yeah, playing what's that? three years in Philly with the weather we had in the Northeast. Um, yeah, I mean, you've played in those situations before type of thing. I think we played at Buffalo a couple of years ago, and it was 30, 40-mile-hour gusts. So, um, and I think Andre Roberts was back there returning. And oh, boy. Yeah, so that made for a, I think, straight win straight down the middle of the field, and Andre's any catches ever. Then, so, 
Um, that made for a, yeah an interesting day. I mean, obviously the wind behind you must be a good thing, but you oh. don't want to kick it too far at the same time. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones that you, the wind's behind you. You outkick coverage. You mm-hmm. give a guy say like Andre Roberts, you give him fifteen twenty yards of space. You know, right. You're going to make people miss. So, um, but it is always yeah. I mean, help more helpful with it behind your back than in your face. So yeah, side wind must be tough to deal with as well. Yeah, it's not too, yeah, you, you just you just play the conditions at the end of the day, yeah. Okay, so, just hang it up there. Yeah, hang it up there and let uh, TT train on those guys run. Let them go show their speed. All right, and, you know, you're an athlete. There's no question about this. And how has taking care of your body changed over the years since you were in Australia, Ohio State, here now after being in Philadelphia? Has it evolved at all? Yeah, Australian football is a lot more running. So okay. the amount of running you had to do um, to keep up for that, um, yeah, I kind of scrapped that once you get over here because <laughs> everything's a short, you know I mean? Right. It's a short, it's quick, a blast. quick movement. So um, it's just one of those ones. It's more an off-season thing. The season you, you're lifting throughout the season to maintain. Um, but your off-season is important because if you don't gain the strength, you don't do put the work in there, you know I mean? You're going to be playing catch-up throughout the whole season. And, you know I mean? Once you get to the end of the year, it's a long season. Um, yeah, you just don't want to be playing catch-up. So. What do you think of the extra game? the 17-game the season, how does that affect what you do? Uh, you know, I mean, because it's three regu- three preseason. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, and he would be yeah, playing I play, pre- I play in all, yeah. You're <laughs> playing in, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's I think playing he'd, in he'd all be, of them. But he'd be playing in all the preseason games. Yeah. So it's, it's no different. I think that's a job. It's the same amount of oh, punting. Oh, it's the same It might be more punting in the fourth preseason game think, because you have the reserves in there. John was, <laughs> John was talking about that in uh, preseason, the amount of games, because he, he's played every... That's true, John Weeks. He has as well. played in so many uh, preseason oh, yeah, games, that's and right. some of them can get like you get ten, twelve punts. Yeah, you know, I mean, late in a fourth, uh, in a fourth preseason game. So, you know what? I, I know there's an emergency long snap, right? It might be Kamu Grugier Hill, but I would I would imagine if there was a fourth preseason game, he might get some reps. But I, that never happens anyway. So no, you're I've right. never seen because I think they just want to see the operation. You got what you guys do has to be. You have to pitch a perfect game every time in terms of that stuff. You know, especially weeks, because uh, they they can't expect it from you with the wild conditions and everything. But I would imagine that they want as many reps as possible. Yeah, that's a tough thing for you know John, because at the end of the day, he snaps a good snap. Everyone's like, yeah, I mean that's expected. So right. Um, where so yeah, I mean it. He always does though. Knock wood. He's knock yeah, wood. He's incredible since 2010. Cameron Johnston, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate Thank it you so much. All right, right here on the Texans Player Show, presented by Fuddruckers. And coming up, Texans All Access. We'll talk about the Buffalo game. Coming up, it's Texans Radio.